Quick disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Matt, Joey, and I are not mental health experts. We are not licensed or certified in any way. We may share our personal experiences and we may mention the medications we're taking, but we are not offering medical solutions or advice. We may discuss some very heavy topics, including suicide. If you're struggling with a mental illness or if you're having suicidal thoughts in any way, please seek professional help. If you're having an immediate crisis here in America, you can dial 988 to reach the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Heavy Mental Podcast. This is Joey. Wanted to let you know that we have a website, heavymentalpodcast.com, and it has everything that we've created up until this point all our episodes and there's a few links there one of them is for our discord channel and you can go in there we're having some discussion about what what it's like to live with mental health and exploring different areas and different aspects of it so jump in that and please join us there i wanted to let you know this episode matt kind of talks to me and shane about what it's like to live with depression so it gets a little heavy and this might be an episode it's kind of like a long discussion where we really lay it out there it gets heavy so just be aware of that but also talking about this stuff and you know what it's like to have an intrusive thought right in the middle of something really happy that's happening and we describe what that's like and just settle in you know for an hour and try to just sit in with us and and hear what it's like to to live with depression you've ever had questions about what it's like you've ever wondered about someone that you know that is depressed or if you are depressed this is the one to listen to here we go guys today guys we're talking about depression we knew this episode was coming a long time ago for obvious reasons and today is we're not going to share everything there is about depression. It, it's impossible today, right? But but we are going to dive in and talk specifically more so with Shane and Joey. I'm I am so, I am excited to learn more about you guys because I will say I'm going to have to talk about a word that rhymes with soup and sides. <laughs> soup. <laughs> And sides, like so, like a soup so and like, sides. Like, oh, over like a Panera situation here, Shane. I mean, like, there's no way that that I couldn't laugh at that the way you delivered it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can I get a uh, bread bowl and uh, a soup and sides combo? <laughs> yeah, the soup and sides. It's a, it's the, it's the S word, but you know. Yeah. Let's be yeah. really clear. None, nothing about that is funny, but Shane is funny. Okay, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, let's I mean, move I... on, everybody. Leave me alone. <laughs> when I get together with you guys, I leave fulfilled. I leave with a lot more knowledge. I leave with a lot more motivation. I leave with understanding my very dear friends um, to the point where I feel like I am equipped to understand you more. I'm not equipped to save you. I'm not equipped to make you guys happy oh come on you make me happy every day matt well i try shane okay i mean i'm still depressed the whole time but you make me happy yeah <laughs> well i mean you and we'll, we'll get into this later but one of the things that you have said is like you know like i can i can be happy and depressed like that is a, yeah. that is a option <laughs> um i and, and i ah, let's just go right there shane like 
you can be happy and depressed. So is it, is it because you found like a light in that moment that you just feel like you shifted for a time, but like your core at that point in your mental state, you're just, you're still in the weeds and you're still in a funk and all of that stuff. I talked to my uh, psychiatrist maybe a week ago. And I brought this up to her and what made me think about it was actually one of the episodes that we did. I can't remember if it was one or three, but talking about mixed episodes. And I asked her, I was like, can I be like in just a constant mixed episode where I've always got one foot in depression and then the other foot is just kind of, it's like a pivot foot in basketball. Like I've got my pivot foot in depression and the other foot's kind of dancing around, you know, cause it's like. It's always there. It's just always there no matter what I do. There's, it's always in the back of my mind. So I, I can be having fun, you know, but if I, once, that, once the fun is over, it's, I just snap right back into it. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really excited to hear from Joey because I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear the differences between us. Like we both struggle with depression, but I'm kind of curious what the difference is going to be between mine and his, you know, I've, I've lived with it for so long and it's always been there for the last 20 years. So I think I'm just so comfortable with it. And I think I might be guilty of not really giving it the attention that it deserves. Is your happiness, is it kind of like, you know, well, when I'm in mania, I think I have a pivot foot too, because I can be in a serious, empathetic conversation and when that is over, you know, I'm, I'm back to where I am. It's almost like you have your pivot foot is you're having fun in that moment, but that's not where you're at. Like normally in in that season or in, in that whatever. But I mean, you're telling me that you're, you know, always got a foot in the door in depression um, which is another thing we need to talk about because it, I mean, guys, depression blows my mind. Like coming up on this episode, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where you guys are coming from because I don't yeah. deal with it. Because from where I'm standing, I think I would almost say the same thing that you're trying to say or that you did say. I think it blows my mind that everybody doesn't deal with some form of depression. Because my point yeah. of view, my worldview is like Shane said, there's just like, there's always a foot in there. And I'm telling you on my birthday, whatever day it is, Christmas day, pick the day, pick the circumstances of everything that I love. All that stuff will make me happy, but I'm still going to be, it's almost like. This this it's house like distraction. It's almost right? like this house, this body was built, is built on a foundation that just permeates depression through the whole building. Always. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's always there. Yeah. And I can be distracted from it. Oh, right? for sure. Like, yeah. I can be distracted from it, but if I stop and think or or feel what I'm really feeling deep down, it's just always there. Yeah, distraction is a good way of saying that. Yeah. Sometimes those thoughts, for me, are like super, super heavy thoughts. Like, I don't know, I guess I would say maybe cover your ears for this, but 
Yeah. I think about death all the time. I think about death every day, all day long, honestly. Me too, and man. So, Me too. And, and uh, like what it is, it, it just, it, so sort of like that thought, I kind of, that might be one example of why I'm, my one foot might be in depression, but that's just one example of what I'm always thinking about. Sometimes that thought, so if I'm like out and I'm like, I'm at Dave and Buster's, you know, and I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> that, is that, that's your go-to, Joey? No, nah, I was trying to be funny, but on, oh, I did. Dang. I just took my son there for his birthday, and everybody was having fun. Everybody's yep. like, dang. <laughs> yeah, go there when there's not a lot of people there and get load up your card and tell me you're not having fun. All right. <laughs> that's true. There's no tickets anymore, though. That They're really digital tickets. Off. Yeah, it's on your it's card. Digital Jane. tickets now. Yeah, yeah, but you can't like carry a fistful oh of tickets up to the counter. Are you kidding me right now? You, you're you're these the one that hates that CDs are obsolete at this point. You're like, I need to feel That's something. A good point. I need to feel it. You're making good points. Yeah, That's what we have vinyl okay. for. You got me. Where were you, Joey? Because you were on. I was something. just going to say sometimes that thought. Like, so I think about. I might be at Dave and Buster's and just having the time of my life. And then that thought comes into my brain, but depending on how I've been handling myself and circumstances, some things that are in my control and some things that are beyond my control, that thought, I might be able to just look at it and go, yeah, that is super sad. And just sort of push it away and be, and know, and be fully aware of it. Because I think with depression, you can't. One thing that I've tried to do is just like block out a thought, and that's really hard to do. And so, depression is like a way of just like accepting the thought and sort of living with it and understanding why I'm thinking about it, as opposed to just you know whatever it might be. But then sometimes, depending on circumstances and and things that are out of my control and some that are in my control, that thought will come and it will be debilitating, and it'll shut me down. And I could be at Dave and Buster's and it won't matter. You know what I mean? And some yeah. of those, you know, like, like I how said, would you shut down? I mean, just like stop talking mm. and pull away from everybody. Yeah. Wish that you weren't around yeah. people. Is it a thought that like, I just, I want, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a Debbie Downer. I want to go home. I, I need, I need to, which be I do. I do that now. I didn't used to, I would, I used to just fight through it and try to pretend that, that wasn't happening. But nowadays I still won't tell people why, why I'm leaving, but you know, yeah. I'll just say, you know, I'll make up something and leave. Well, you being on the road is a, an example. Uh, like, how do you do that? How do you get away? Jump in my bunk and jump in my bunk and pull the curtain closed and just hide. <laughs> Dude, I, but I mean, hiding, that's not hiding peaceful. is like my, one of my favorites. I'm like, I feel like an animal everywhere I go. I'm like, let me find a little corner here. Where can I hide? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, I I yep. I know that you're serious. Like Shane, but like when you crawl in your bunk and you shut the curtain, it's it's not like you have time to work on yourself in that moment. You know, there's a lot of no, things and happening. Honestly, I'm in and I'm embarrassed too. Like I don't know if you feel that way, Joey, but I get embarrassed because I'm like I know that people are, you know, like what's up with Shane? Why is he, you know, I just the fact that people are even thinking about me kind of makes me embarrassed. And I, I think I became you know? okay with that thought like a decade ago, knowing that people were me like, too. what's up with Joey? Yeah. Just, that's I, just a part of my life. And, and, and I, I, 
not saying that people are like always, that's, that's very narcissistic to think that someone's always wondering, thinking about how I'm doing and wondering how I'm doing and commenting on that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, it's just, yeah, Shane, it's, it gets to the point where if you shut down and you can't be social anymore, um, it just, it's just kind of like part of it, you know? And like you said, kind of distancing yourself, trying to like get, you know, leave a social setting or a lot of times for me, I'm like in a situation where I don't have a choice. You know what I mean? It's just, and so I've just learned to <laughs> make the most of that and kind of push my way through it when I have to, but. And just fake it. Honestly, that's what I have to do is just. Fake and yeah. It. Like when my dad uh, died, that was, you know, a trigger, a, a huge trigger for a season of depression. And it wasn't necessarily like right after he died, but more so in that season of, of him dying. And if you, anybody who has had a, a really close person pass away, you know what I mean by that, or maybe you do, but it was just a season of decisions and letting go. And it was awful. And so, and I know everybody, a lot of people have to walk through that. I remember when Joey, we'd go to a bar people that were reclusive or down or anything like, or just wasn't ready to go. Like I got pissed off. Why on God's green earth are we not having a good time right now? And that's not, that's not appropriate. Now that I look back the wherewithal or the knowledge or, you know, could put myself in other people's shoes that are dealing with something. But that's not what you want to do when you're having a good time. That's why I fake right. it. That's why I pretend like I'm not depressed because I don't want to be that person that you're thinking, what's wrong with Shane? Like, why is he being such a downer right now? You know, that's why I think that's probably why Joey and I have learned to hide because that's the alternative is you're just going to be moping around, you know, bringing other people down, which is the last thing. I Or you turn into a jerk. I do. Oh, irritable. Yeah. Get super irritable. Everybody's getting on your nerves. I mean, that's part of wanting to get away from people too, is that they're just getting on my nerves, even just normal conversations. When you're dealing with that depth of just like in your head, it's almost like you're floating around. And then if something interrupts that, it's extremely, it can be very irritating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've seen you get pretty irritated with your brother sometimes, Joey. Because he's he's very, your your brother is is ready to have a good time, and he voices that, and he has opinions on what we should do and all that stuff. Well, I do too, but my yeah, Mike is me and Mike are just so different, you know. And I think any a lot of people would can can relate to that who someone who has a sibling, but like we're so 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 different. I mean, who doesn't know how to push your buttons better than your brother or your sister? You know, very fair. So yeah, I let and I feel and I know I'm safe. I feel safe with Mike. So yeah, I let Mike have it. You've let me. You've you said you've heard me. I don't know. I forget your wording, but yeah, I have let Mike have it here and there because I know I'm safe with him and I know he's not going anywhere no matter what I say. You know what I mean? Same reason my kids when they get home from school and we get a great report all day at school and they get home and then you know it's like all hell breaks loose it's because they're safe they're they're in their safe place Mm -hmm. and they can let it all out man that's a good place to be with your brother man you know not a lot of people have that and and i can say that looking back you know (laughs) now that i'm 40 years old and we've been through 
so many different things together. But I don't know. Depression's wild, man. I, I feel like we could talk about it for from so many angles because it is, at least from my depression, like I said, can be triggered or the waves can come on based on circumstances, sometimes that are out of my control and sometimes that are in my control. Like, so I'll give you a, a real clear example, Matt and Shane, something that can trigger me into just like being in a terrible mood and just like, I'm done with everything is if I don't like, if so I'm, I work from home and I have a full-time job and sometimes that can be really stressful when I have four kids as well, who are also in the house. Um, most of the day they go, they're in and out, but for, for, for the most part, they're here in and out all the time. And so I kind of have to get, I have to, I have to be really careful with my time and I have to make sure I get stuff done in little windows when I, when I have them sometimes. And that can get out of control pretty easily, at least for me, cause I'm, I'm like a creative guy. And so I'm always, I always have ideas and so many projects open and moving and going at the same time. And yeah, if I don't ma- maintain and, and, keep a really good eye on that. It can get out of control so much so that when five o'clock comes, I know what I have to get done by the end of that day. I know, I know at eight o'clock, I know at noon. And I know as I'm going into the afternoon, I have an idea of what I need to get done in order to be in a place that I can walk out of my office and be present with my family. If I get there, I'll go out there and I can be present with my family and I won't get depressed. If I don't get there, from my own decision, I like, I just, I couldn't get it going and I didn't get that finished and I, something else delayed or someone, something got in the way. And then I go in there and it's five o'clock and you know, my kids want to, I want to spend time with my family. And the only thing I can think about is what I have to finish for work. So if I go in there thinking that because of whatever reason I didn't get it finished or I didn't write it down and put a note tabbing it. I didn't get to where I needed to be. That's a trigger. And it's just like, it can be over for me for the whole night. And I keep it together, you know, as much as I can for my family, but yeah, just bury it and just kind of pow through it. But that's an example of when I do have control over whether I'm going to be triggered into it. And I know how, like, I better get, I better handle my stuff, at least what I can control so that I can, I'm not going to be triggered of into like feeling like I'm wasting my time and wasting my family's time. But let me ask you this really quick. When I am manic and then I go into depression in mania, I create all of these things and say yes to all of these things. And then what kind of triggers me into depression is all of those things that I was so hyped up on and into, they are falling nothing's getting done and it just yeah. keeps pushing me into depression. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I was describing too. Like, just like when you have so many things and I was using the example with work, but it could be anything like stuff gets out of control and you can't get a handle on it. I think what happens for me is I'm like, okay, I don't know what my next move is. And then I shut down. 
And that's depression. That's one form of depression for me because I have so many things to do, whether it's work, family, you know, whatever it might be that it's so much. It's hard to be a finisher when I was depressed. Oh, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to do anything. If if I'm that deep in depression, I mean, Joey, when you say that those things make you depressed, but you said that the baseline depression is always there. Is that like, do you feel like it's opening the door into the depression that's already there or driving you deeper into it? Yeah. But, but the depression is there no matter what. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, there's like a depression always there. That might've been a, a weird way to describe it. I'm just a melancholy guy. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like part of that's my personality, but part of it is, you know, part of it I think is side effects from my medication. And part of it I think is depression, but. What about the death thing? You said that you think about death a lot. Do you feel like that thought is always in the back of your mind? Yeah. Is it not in everybody's mind? No, it's not, but it is in mine. Yeah. It's always, it's, it's like uh, the relationship I have with death is so weird, man. Like. When I think of death, it's like, it's like a warm blanket. <laughs> like as, as How, what, do, what, is, up what as does that, that sound? Yeah. What, like, what does that mean? It's like comforting, like just to know that. You're comforted because you're this, not scared of it or you're. I'm comforted to know that eventually this will all be over. Like the struggle will be over eventually. And that's very comforting to me that eventually this race will end, you know? So, so I've heard my whole life, Shane, I've heard hundreds of people say what you just said, but there's, but, and then on the day at the tail end of that would be because I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Well, no, I don't have that. You don't, you don't think (laughs) that you don't believe that. No, I don't. So dude, what, how in the world did you get to that place of, of comfort and acceptance like what you know it was just like 20 years of thinking about it you i mean yes absolutely 20 years of not even thinking about it but just wallowing in it you know just just swimming in it it's there every day and it scared me you know when i was 15 16 probably up until my mid-20s it scared me and then i think like you said there was just an acceptance there because it wasn't something that would go away and it and it's there it's been there for 20 years, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Whether it's, it you know, whether, like I'm, fight or flight whether I'm on top to of the, the world. Same place, Shane. Like fight or flight leading you to this. Well, that's a trigger for me. Adrenaline, any kind of stress or adrenaline. If I, if I, get, if I get stressed out um, or if I'm up in hypomania, I know that a low is coming. You know, that's why. Dude, that's what that's scares me everything. 100%, dude. I can relate to that. Yeah. That's why I've done everything I can to eliminate as much stress as I possibly I mean, after I went to the hospital, I like one of the things I did was turned all the notifications off on my phone. And that because I started to notice like anytime a, a notification would go off, I'd get like a shot of anxiety in my chest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, small things like that, just trying to eliminate stress. I, I started working less. I mean, I'm self-employed, so I can kind of choose how much I work. And and I just decided I don't need to make more money than I need. So I just dialed it down to like what I need. So I'm not killing myself trying to work all the time. You know, I mean, working used to be a lot easier than it, than it is now. I think after the, after the, uh, hospital stay, I just realized I, I've, I've come to accept my limits a lot more. 
I used to just push through all that stuff and it would put me in a really bad place. But now I've come to accept what my limits are, how much I'm capable of working, what I'm capable of in, you know, relationships, just, just that sort of stuff. Matt, we're describing depression. Like, like we're in, you're in the lake. What does it feel like to be wet? And I think like we're just in it and we're describing it from our point of view. And I feel like it's probably a little bit confusing for people, like probably confusing for you because you're the one asking us the questions, but what question, I feel like we're, it's hard for me personally to describe what it's like because it is just a part of me. You know what I mean? It's like trying to describe any emotion. What, how describe being happy, you know, describe being sad. Just there. It's like colors describe the color red, you know, like it's just, it is what it is and it feels how it feels. I think a lot of people might hear that and who don't know what depression is and say, well, gosh, you got to fix that. And there was a long time when I thought I needed to fix that. And I tried to fix that. I mean, I thought there was a cure. I thought there was going to be something that I was going to do one day check the final box of whatever it might've been with exercise or whatever it might be. I thought that the day was going to come that I was going to check that. And then, Oh, then I'm, I'm not depressed anymore. Yeah. You thought there's another side that you'd, you'd, you'd cross that finish line eventually. Yeah. And those things help create waves and they help you through different times and through struggles and definitely make things easier or more difficult. But, Never goes away. Like you said, Shane, those you've done so many things over those 20 years. I can, I really relate to that. I've lived in so many places. I have had so many jobs, done so many different things. I've been in the best shape of my yeah, life. But I I've been in be, the worst shape of my I life. I could be in Alabama at my brother's wedding reception. I could walk outside and be by myself and look at the sky and think about why am I so sad and lonely. Fast forward 15 years and I would do the same thing at a different party in Nicaragua. It's like, it doesn't matter where I am. You know what I mean? It's not circumstantial, you know, and, and, but circumstances and do make it worse sometimes for me. Yes. They drive you deeper into it. And that's kind of when I think about the pivot foot metaphor, sometimes my feet are both in depression and sometimes I've got one foot in depression and the other one's you know, pivoting around yeah, that's a good way to describe distraction it. or happiness or whatever, but sometimes both feet are yeah. in it and that's when it gets really bad. Yeah. And that can be circumstantial. I've been thinking ever since you just said it a minute ago about your illustration of being in the lake. One of the frustrations that I think people have and that I have had is that we're on the dock and we see you in the lake. We only know what we know. And we see you drowning, so we we throw a life jacket or we throw a freaking what a lifesaver or whatever out, not the candy, but you know the other thing that's you know red and white. We throw it out there, and it's like you don't reach it. But what I'm kind of thinking about is that in that analogy, y'all don't either. You're it, you, either your hands are tied. In, in that analogy, you might as well be throwing boxes of cereal out there. That's what I'm saying. That, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, so like it feels like your hands are tied and you just can't grab it. And that's the yeah. frustrating part for other people that don't understand depression. It's a, it's a troubling part for me to be in. Like I'm, I am y'all's dear friend and I love you so dadgum much. And I can't figure out how 
to get you guys to reach out and grab and grab something that I know will help. Sometimes someone with depression needs a hug and sometimes they don't. And I think if you, (laughs) what I mean by that is don't feel like you got to fix someone if they're sad, if they don't want to be fixed. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like there's been times. Go ahead, Shane. No, I hear what you're saying. Like, I guess it's like a nail in your head that everybody else can see. And we're like, why don't you pull that out? Yeah, well, I wish, you know, I, I can Agreed. verify I would love that, to pull it out. Yeah, I mean, ther- there's been plenty of therapists and psychiatrists and uh, exercise and eating better and, you know, what, what, all the other things. You know, before I, before I tried meds, I tried all that stuff. And I was in so many different seasons of life, you know, where things are great or things are bad. And it, none of that matters. It's just always there. The only thing that's ever pulled me out of a deep, deep, deep depression is meds. The only thing that has ever, ever helped me is meds. And so is that, your that, default that, like, to constant... get out of depression, booking your, a psychiatrist appointment, telling them about it and hope at this point, and yeah. hoping there's a yeah. medication adjustment that'll help at this point. I mean, there were so many years where I hoped therapy would do it and, and therapy there, I, I don't feel like I've ever had a therapist that I really connected with, you know, because I hear some other people talk about therapy and I'm like, oh, wow, like that. It's almost like hearing you talk about your marriage, Matt. Like, I'm like, what is that like? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Therapy, I think, helped me understand myself better and where maybe some of the stuff comes from. Like, it helped me understand like, oh, this happened when I was a kid and maybe that's got something to do with this. But as far as taking that away, like taking depression yeah. away, it, it just... I wish I could say that it's helped, but it really hasn't, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. Therapy, I can say clearly for me, therapy doesn't take depression away at all. All it does is help you understand it And better. equip yourself maybe with some tools to be able. And, and those tools that I'm equipped with now, you know, I'm sure I learned a lot of those from therapy. It's just it's been so long since I learned them. But things like things like being able to distract myself from it, if I am too deep in it, you know, I'll call friends. That helps me a lot. Even if I don't feel like talking, I'll still call somebody just to talk, whether it's about depression or anything else, even just catching up on their life. You know, it's a distraction. It does help me. It does help pull me up out of that. But I, I, I'm excited to talk about distraction for me of how it's very helpful for me. There was, you know, in the next episode, my wife's going to join us and we're going to talk about marriage. And uh, there was one very recent example where that just is exactly what that that is it and um and somehow I knew how to voice it of what mm-hmm. I needed in that moment um and yeah I mean I'm excited to dive into that distraction for me even in on the mania side if I'm not busy mental health rules my world mm-hmm. oh yeah I can relate to that yeah and you know it, and it's possibly why I get involved in so many things and take risks and mm-hmm. overcommit and do all of those things because I'm, I'm, I'm begging for distraction. You don't want to sit down and think about it. You don't want to have a, the free time to think about it. I don't want to think about it. And then on the depression side, when everything falls apart, I don't want to think about it. Well, I'm, 
you know, I feel like up until you just said that, Matt, you've almost been talking like you don't have a concept of depression, but you have bipolar. Oh, I have a concept of depression. You just don't have a concept of living in it. I don't have a concept of y'all's depression. Because you can always pull yourself out. You're like, oh, but I am alive. I have a family. I have a house. I have a job. I should be happy. And you pull yourself out. We tell ourselves Mm -hmm. that every day. I do a thousand times a day. And it does help me. Oh, yeah, I need to get in there and keep on working hard then. I need this is why I'm doing this. But I'm still sad. (laughs) In my darkest moments uh, that I've experienced, thinking about those things that you just mentioned, Joey, did bring me out Mm -hmm. in that moment. You know, not necessarily from the trenches. I mean, well, not necessarily from it, period. But it got me out of the ditch. It got me out of the ditch so I could think. I could be logical. I could have conversation. I could get better. And that's what I don't, that, that, that's what's hard for just me. Just imagine it as though those things for us allow us to just function. Yeah, Paul, you're still in the, you're still in the lake of depression, but, but you can peek your head up out of the water, even though you're still swimming in it, right? Yeah. Those things, like when we are, de- when I'm depressed, I, say, I keep saying we, but when I'm depressed, and I think of all that I should be thankful for and that I am thankful for. It's another thing that I'm learning is um, just because something, if I can't snap into happiness because I have so much to be thankful for, it doesn't mean I'm not thankful for it. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for it. No matter what a million miles an hour world tells us. But Shane, do you relate to that? Uh-huh. I have a really hard time with gratitude. Yeah. I have a really, and, and I, that's one of the things that you hear the most these days. Like, that's like, that's like a, you know, that's a hot word right now. Gratitude, practice gratitude. And I just have a really hard time with that because at the end of the day, I'm not grateful. Like, I'm not grateful for life. You know, it's, it was forced upon me. <laughs> I had no choice of whether I get to be alive or not. And I just, I think that that's probably a big part of my problem is that I just, I can't, I can't seem to make myself feel grateful for anything. I mean, I was born in America, you know, I'm healthy. I've got food, you know, I've got great friends, like from the outside looking in. And all those things make you kind, not happy. Yeah. Yeah. They make me, I feel fortunate, but I don't feel grateful if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Grateful would make you happy almost all the time yeah and it's, yeah. and i do and i am deeply thankful for what i have especially what i really really care about um and like gosh like some of the happiest things you can imagine i have in my head with my kids and stuff just like being so cute they are cute man and that stuff is amazing and i can look at them and i can enjoy the moment so 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 here it is here it is i'm going to describe it for you it's that moment when i'm watching one of my daughters (laughs) walk up and grab my leg and then crawl up into my lap and then walk all the way up to my nose and look me right in the eye and smile and i'm fully present for that whole moment i'm able to stop I'm in a place in my life where I can stop everything else and I can be present for those 20 seconds. doesn't matter what I was doing. I'm in a place where I can do that. But at the same time, 
as I'm grateful as she's walking up my lap and, and embracing her dad. I'm also thinking about how she's going to die one day. Yes. Jesus. Yes, man. Yes, Joey. Jeez. That is a great illustration, man. I can totally relate to that. Absolutely. I cannot, and I am sad. I can't tell you how sad that makes me, but it's living hand in hand with the reality and the joy at the same time. I just told you this the other day, Matt, or maybe even earlier today. I am constantly aware that any good thing will end. Yep, that's it. I'm, I'm constantly aware that whatever good moment I'm having, or even a relationship, or, or even friendships, that I know that they will all end eventually. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just live in that. You just live in knowing that about everything. That nothing gold can stay. That's just, I know that. Like you said, I just know it, this is great, but I mean, let's enjoy it. Yeah, let's for sure enjoy it. But let's also be ready for when we like got to like walk back down the mountain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking about all the time. Yeah. And because yeah. of that, I feel like I have a good baseline. And when, when stuff does hit the fan, I feel like I can tune in pretty well because the way I've been describing, it's sort of like you live there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Joey, you mentioned a, a very specific trigger for you and it, it involves you working from home and, you know, having that on your plate and sometimes your circumstances kind of come in and out in that moment. And you just don't feel like there's some focus there and you're constantly thinking about it. But Shane, like what do you have a specific thing that you've pinpointed that this is going to send me in depression? Stress, for sure. The aftermath of stress. Any kind of stress, man. I mean, anything that raises my blood pressure, like a low is coming after that. So that's why I do everything I can to avoid stress. Um, How are you right now? Because I know for a fact that you've had a lot of stress on you in the past couple of weeks. Well, this is where my awareness is terrible because honestly, I don't don't know how to answer that question, to be honest with you. Like, okay, let me put it this way. All those things that I've been super worried about over the past couple of weeks, it's like I hit this point of apathy where I, where I just, it's almost like I just give up. Like, I'm just like, okay, well, that stuff's still there. I'm still worried about it, but you know, F it. Like I can't, I can't do anything about it. Something else came along that might even be more worrisome that takes its place or something. Or not even that. It's more just, it's more, you just, I just come to this place of like, well, whatever life sucks, you know? And it is what it is, and but but I don't think those things, th- those thoughts, which some people might say should make me feel better, they make me feel worse because it's more of like a hopelessness, you know. It's like, oh, I messed that thing up, or oh, that thing happened, and it's never going to get better, and I just have to accept that it's never going to get better. It's like I'm always coming from this place of negativity, that the the good things are going to end and the bad things are never going to end. <laughs> it's a very negative and cynical, right? I'm very cynical. Yeah. I catch myself on some things, but on some things I've let myself go because I've realized that's not necessarily your, what you're thinking about is actual actually happening. So it's like, what are you going to do with that? Does that make sense? You know what I'm describing Shane? Yeah, I do. And it brings my self-esteem down. Right. And when my self-esteem goes down, that makes me depressed too. And that's like a vicious cycle because it's like, why can't I get out of this? Why can't I get, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I pull, pull myself out of this? And then that makes me feel worse about myself. 
And then feeling worse about myself makes me more depressed. And it's just like this cycle. You better go on a long walk at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, for clarity, Shane, just for our listeners, like, do you have something specific? You said you said stress that exists or whatever, but is there like, is there a concrete thing? Existential dread is always there. Yeah. Existential dread is constantly there. And if I stop and think about that ever, if it ever comes up in conversation, if if religion or philosophy ever come up, that will drive me right down into depression because it makes me stop and think about all this stuff that I've been avoiding thinking about for 20 years. Would people avoiding discussing that stuff with you, even though I think you enjoy the discussion, but I do, but it's very heavy afterwards. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. Is that something that your friends could take away and learn that about you in order to help not make that happen? Well, it's, that's what's so, that's what's so confusing about it because like you just said I do love talking about that stuff you're so philosophical I love talking about that stuff but it but it does bring me down I mean I'm even you know I'm I'm getting it's like I'm getting this inkling right now I don't know how to put it into words Joey maybe you can help me but do you ever feel like there are things that you know will make you depressed but you want to do them anyway like like exploring philosophy or exploring religion. I know that those things are going to bring me down, but it's also, I mean, to be honest, man, this conversation that we're having right now is going to bring me down, but I, but I'm happy to talk about it because it's, it's cathartic in a way to talk about this stuff. But at the same time, it reminds me of like this demon that's just lurking in the dark in the back of my mind all the time. And it's kind of pointing him out and shining a light on him, which I think it's probably healthy in some ways, but I don't know how to deal with it. That's the problem. It's like, it's a problem that I know is there, but I don't have any idea what to do about it. And I've been trying to figure out what to do about it for 20 years. Do you feel like depression and who you are is synonymous? Yeah, because I can't remember ever not being depressed. So yeah. And that's why I'm so comfortable talking about this stuff. That's why I can say soup and sides because it's like, it is a joke. I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. The joke's on me, you know? It's like this thing is in me and there's nothing I can do about it, you know? So what, what else can I do besides make fun of it, really? Well, you know? yeah, you're not making fun of it to avoid it. You're making fun of it after having evaluated it and examined it and, and uh, done everything you can, you know, about it. And Everything then you're like, I can think to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? It's like, it's almost like, it's like breaking a horse. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you got a wild horse and you just have to break its spirit so that it'll do what you want it to do. That's kind of how I feel. I just kind of feel like the world has broken me and I just have to accept that this is where I live and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, let me give you an example, Matt, of a long time ago. When I used to work at a church and I was the guy who would sing and play guitar and lead everybody in songs, I did that for a long time. And the epitome of doing that is to be happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. That's that person. Do you know why I'm so burnt on that, out on that and that why I never, ever want to do it again? I'm not saying I never, ever, ever want to do it again. But the reason why my first answer is usually like, ah, oh, you sure I'm the guy? Is because I'm burnt out on 
trying to act like I'm happy. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. It's a front. Or you feel like you're fake in that moment. Yeah. And, and for me to do that kind of thing, I've got to be a really in a really good, authentic place that I am comfortable sharing with, with people. Dude, you know for a fact people that do that in churches these days struggle so freaking bad, cope, hide, do whatever they can, you know, because it's it's a profession at that point. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, I never dealt with it on that level because just we were, every my experience was just on such a smaller production scale. But yeah, I think... I think you're right. Yeah, that's a whole different. So I could talk about that for a long time too. Just about why I thought I needed to fix myself for so long is because of the culture uh, that surrounded me and the world, the culture of America. I think um, it's coming around. But if you're sad, something's wrong. You, you did something. You have these thoughts. You're thinking about your daughter dying. You have that thought for a reason. Why are you thinking that? What'd you do? That's what people who don't are not depressed might think. Mm. And I would say, I didn't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. It's just there. Right. You it's know? just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The intrusive thoughts too, man. I don't know if you get those, Joey, but. Oh, I get a thought and I'm like, nope. I've literally will say out loud, nope. And I'll just like, uh, I'll get like a. A crazy thought about like, what if everybody dies? And I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. that's not. It's I, yeah, that happens. And then what does that do? You know, because I I've, I've always heard conflicting. You know, I tried meditation for a long time, and I did transcendental meditation, and they tell you that those thoughts are basically just floating. Th- like, I'm trying to m- remember how they described it. It was like, it was like you're 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 sitting in a boat in the water and these thoughts are just floating by and you don't control them at all. You don't control, you don't control the thoughts or where they come from or, or anything like that. They just, they're just flowing through. And I always hear conflicting recommendations on whether you should focus on those thoughts and, and think them through, you know, and try to figure out where they came from or why you're being so fixated on them. Or if you should, do what you're saying and just push them out of your mind. Or if you just, if you just sit with them and just accept like this thought happened, it's here. It's not me. Yeah. Like what's the appropriate thing? What are you supposed to do? It's all of the above. Sometimes we're supposed to sit with it and, and wonder why sometimes when I'm in the middle of 10 things and I think about a random intrusive thought about, like, oh, wouldn't that be terrible if something like that happened today mm-hmm. at, at at the school? Nope. Uh, some days I'm like, no, I don't have to. I can't even like go there. And then some days when that thought hits my brain and I'm not doing anything, I'll sit there with it and I'll think about, my God, what would that be like? Let me think about that for a minute, and I will think about it. And so, it's all of the above, man. I my really wife think it struggles is. with entertainment that is plausible that could happen you know let's just say let's just say there's a well we came across a tv show or a movie the other day that was about hijacking and she was like i can't go there i can't do that and me i'm like dude i freaking love delta force back in the day with chuck norris like (laughs) take me 
on a Speedy journey. The original hijack. Was well, that? he wasn't really there though, but he put the he controlled it, but he was never there. What what are you talking about? What? What are you talking about, Joey? Aren't you talking about hijacking movies? Yeah, I'm talking about hijacking movies. Are you talking about yeah. Con Air? Are you talking about Delta Force? What speed. are you talking about? Speed. I'm talking about speed. The oh, movie Speed. The movie Speed. Oh, oh well, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, bro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, dude, Chuck Norris that would was the, absolutely that, uh, no, 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 pound no, that, Keanu. That's fine, but I'm speaking specifically on the genre of hijacking. Does that qualify as a hijacking? No, it's not. That's what I said. I stopped myself. I stopped myself because. That's metro jacking. Dennis Hopper. Hopper? Hopman? Was was controlling hijacking those things from afar. He was he was never there. So, but he he had oh, them hijacked. Okay. He had hostages. Yeah. All I'm saying. Okay. So, <laughs> let this be a lesson. Go watch that movie, y'all. Go watch Speed. And tell, you should do a speed rewatch. Sandra Bullock, sure. man. Really cute. And somehow right. they made driving around an airport for forty five minutes entertaining. Yeah, it's it, That's so half of the it, movie. I will say this. I will say this. So from something that I have seen, and I do this too, like with scary movies or kidnapping of kids or something like that. I'm like, I cannot go there. I cannot watch this or I'm going to be in a bad place. I just will. Not that, not that it'll send me into depression, but it's, it's, it's something that I don't want to risk shaking me in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I avoid that. And guess what? In that moment, I get to choose that. You guys don't necessarily get to choose that. Well, yeah, we do. We make those same. I I make those. No, I'm saying in general. In general, you guys can't. You guys can't choose to not think about what you thought about with your daughter, Joey. I'll get intrusive thoughts sometimes that are so strong that that I just can't do anything but just dive deep into it and and just can you give me an example that you're comfortable sharing shane so that i can see it what so i can because i i i don't i i may have i may i I just don't know exactly what you're describing and i'm sure a lot of people don't i hate to keep going here but suicide i mean i have i have imagined in my mind every form of every method of suicide that i can possibly imagine i have explored all of them in my mind in great detail like exactly what it would look like exactly what the aftermath would be you know how i would do it um do you categorize those shane is like like if you were to go there okay and be in that space and because you have looked at so many different ways of doing that have you like ranked them as far as like uh emotional relational impact mm-hmm. sadly i i've done that yeah number one number one would be number one would be which is going to which has the highest likelihood of success so that's the most important thing and then beyond that it's like Dude, that's a scary place to be but yeah i mean because you don't want to be a vegetable and be the same person exactly so i've thought yeah man that's the kind of stuff i'm think i'm thinking about i'm thinking it all the way through and i'm thinking What's going to be the most successful? What will have the least impact on the people that I love? You know, like whatever scene I'm creating. And that's empathy, like, you know? Well, that's empathy is the only reason I haven't killed myself. Emp- empathy is the only reason I haven't killed myself because I know what it would do to my mom. 
I know the the aftermath, you know, with my friends and how sad everybody would be and how they would blame themselves and whatever. Like I think about all that stuff. I am thankful and I have gratitude that you have empathy. That is exactly what has stopped me. I'm so thankful. Dude, I'd be long gone. If if I wasn't thinking about that stuff, I'd be long gone, man. Long time. That's ago. heavy, man. That's really heavy. I'm thinking about. I mean, I've been really sad, and I have. I mean, so 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 sad, where I can't even get out of bed. I'm just imagining thinking about that on that level of, like you said, like successfulness and like aftermath. No, my brain's never gone there. I mean, I'm, yeah, like detailed, (laughs) like all the, like a, like I'm a crime scene investigator. That's it. That's your mind would be humans have been around for 200,000 years. You really think you're that important? And then I start (laughs) thinking about that and opening that up and like, do I really think I'm the apex of all of this? And dude, I think about that all the time when I'm in a plane looking, I think about that. All day, every day. Look how small I am. Look how small the problems are. It fits right there in a freaking pixel. Mm-hmm. That's the existential dread to me. That's where that comes in. Yeah. So that that would, would you call that an intrusive thought or would that would just be kind of like blanket? Because I do, I will let a, a, an intrusive thought like that rob me of a moment sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. like, oh. The bad's coming. Don't enjoy this. Like, that's the part that I wish I could fix. That's the part that I've been trying to fix my whole life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stop that thought. The 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 bad's coming. Like, let that go. And I even tell. I mean, my, I tell my kids. I tell my wife. I tell everybody. It's like, don't worry about it. Let's just do, you know? That's the whole thing. Like, just move on. Let's focus on what's right in front of you. I don't know, man. I feel like it's just living with this. That's my current position on mental health and depression and all of this, at least from my point of view, is is I'm living with it. I am not currently trying to cure myself. I'm trying to maintain and be a good dad and a good husband and a good employee and a good friend. And just accept it. Just accept that it's there. I have accepted it. Well, where do meds play into that with you, Joey? Because... I've got one med in particular that I'm on and I've tried to come off of it because it's, it's a pretty heavy med. I've tried to come off of it three or four times and every time I spiral right back down into the heaviest depression that I can remember, you know, I mean, if I'm, I've been on this drug now for three years and when I'm, when I'm on it, those intrusive thoughts and that constant pull towards death does greatly diminish if not at times disappear almost and that's awesome meds do that there is something about this one med that i i feel like there's like some you know some connections in my brain that aren't firing right and somehow this med connects them and and makes me feel less yeah you are gonna die one day but you don't have to worry about that right now you don't have to think about it all the time right and that's that's really interesting to me, like how a med can do that. And it, and it, to me, it reaffirms the, what I consider to be the fact that I have a mental illness, bipolar, and my brain is not wired correctly. Yeah. And these meds are like putting, you know, it's like, it's like putting leaded fuel in an old truck. It's like, it's fixing, it, it's, it's taking this 
life that I can't deal with and making it tolerable somehow. It's helping you not focus on the things that are so terrible. Yeah. Um, and you asked me where do meds play in with all this. So I currently am in the process of finding uh, with my psychiatrist something like that that can help me sort of shake that stuff and focus on the good stuff and, and not focus on the stuff that's that 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 does that I that is negative, you know. Mm-hmm. It is possible, man. I can tell you, like, I hope you find that med and I don't envy you for having to go through the process of finding it because mm. you never know how long that's going to take and what all these meds you're trying are going to do to you. But, but I, but when I found that one med and it wasn't Lamictal, I know we talked about Lamictal. It was actually a supplement to Lamictal. Um, Lamictal pulled me out of the, just the constant back and forth up and down. Yeah being in serious depression and then and then snapping back out into hypomania and then driving even deeper into depression it it balanced those moods you know it's a mood stabilizer yeah but this other drug abilify it it shuts those intrusive thoughts off somehow you know i i still break through it sometimes but they're so much they're so much less frequent and when they do happen, I don't get stuck on them as much as I would when I'm not on it. I'll just tell you guys. So for people who want to know what a mental health journey with medication is like, I I just recently met with my psychiatrist to ask her for, to tell her where I was at with this stuff and kind of basically describing like, is there something that will help me not to be so focused on these terrible things? Because basically we did, we had that conversation and I looked her in the eye and I said, I have so much to be thankful for, and I, I really should be more happy and focus on those things. And she says, yes, I do. I think you do. And and I think this will help. Yeah. Um, and so she prescribed me a drug called Vralar. Oh, yeah. I told you, we, we had a little talk about Vralar. Yeah. Is it, was it Vralar? Yeah, that was that's the one that costs literally five thousand dollars for a ninety day supply. Is is free? Yeah, and it, and it, and it, you know, it's a brand new drug, and apparently it works really well, and apparently it's very, very, very expensive, and only one percent of the population is taking this drug. You know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, people who yeah, because you can't other, afford it. Yeah, yeah, so that tells you know, that's a whole other episode. But so we tried that. That wasn't happening. Didn't do anything for me either. So I had to come back and meet with her again and say, this is the list of what my insurance will pay for. (laughs) Right. Because my insurance said, no, we don't cover that, but here's some other ones we will cover. Mm -hmm. Again, another episode. My insurance said, we will cover that. I did a prior authorization. They said, we'll cover it. And then they hit me with a $700 bill for a two week supply. For a 14-day supply, it was $700. That was which I'm never going to pay. If you're listening to this right now and better insurance, I'm never paying you that $700. And if you want to know why, <laughs> if you want to know, if you want to know to why, go back to episode yeah. two and listen to that song, okay? All right? <laughs> if you want to know why, MedCorp, I went back to her and I said, um, these are the meds that they said I can have. 
do any of these look good to you? Like that's what, what that's what happened. That's you're you're like a watch the, salesman on the streets of New York. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> guys, this is not how healthcare medication should work. By the way, can yes, I stop no. for a second and say that what I am talking about dealing with is minor. There are people who deal with stuff that is just exponentially worse than what I'm talking about, and illnesses that aren't just mental or illnesses that are life and death and people deal with what I'm talking about right now. And I don't think I have to tell anybody, but that's not how it should be handled. But just makes me mad even having to talk about this. And I, and I'm okay. I'm really talking about other people, but so I said, Hey, here's the drugs that they said I can take. What do you think of this? And she picked one of those off and said, yeah, that would be, uh, my second recommendation and it, and it is Abilify. Yeah. So that's why I said all that. So I could bring that up and, um, yeah, I don't mind, uh, describing that for y'all and walking through. I mean, what, I think what Shane said one time is so dead on when you're taking meds or when you're starting medications, you know, you have to go into it like this might not work, you know, yeah. more often than probably not, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's in my experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shane, you've had that experience. So, yeah, I got I got it filled and I'll pick it up um, and start it soon and let y'all know how it goes. I hope it goes well, man. And I, I hope it helps you as much as it's it's helped me. But yeah, what Matt said, you definitely you know, text us, man. Like, yeah, you have, so if you're hitting a low place, text us. That is the thing. I do remember when I started on uh, Zoloft a few years back. And when you, when you finally go to your doctor and you're like, I think I'm so sad that I really, I'll do anything. (laughs) And they're like, will you take a pill? If you want to take some medicine? You're like, yes, you have some medicine for this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Put it in my hand right now. I mean, all I have to do is swallow. Okay. So, so you're already at a really low place when you get there and then you start taking the medication in my, in my case, it was Zoloft and then it takes you down and then you slide down into this cave that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what happened? So yeah, I've been there. Let me Starting circle back to what I was really gonna, hard. Yeah. Let me circle back really quick of kind of the point I was going to make, uh, about talking with that. What Shane said is, is something that people that are taking medications and starting medications, what he said to do is, is fat. It, it, like I, I clung on to it and a lot of other people did. You have to remember that you're taking meds in those moments of not feeling great. Something might not be working. Something might be off. You have to remember you're taking meds. When I went into crazy mania, I didn't remember I was taking a med. Yep. Now, in mania, I thought everything was great. You know, and I thought this medication is working. You know, but I didn't sit, I didn't sit there and think, I didn't externally look at this and think Am I out of my character? Am I a different person? You know, I I didn't necessarily remember, oh, I'm on this medication. My wife did. Yeah, exactly. You need other people to tell you, honestly, because when you're in the middle of it, when I was trying all those antidepressants that either did nothing or made me worse, I mean, some of those things drove me so low that it's almost like, 
it's like even even though I knew that I was trying a med, it was it's still just so hopeless. It's like you get that hopelessness and you're like the almost like the fact that you're trying a med makes it worse because you're like, well, here's another one that didn't help me. Yeah, like here's another one that didn't help me. You're taking a medication with a sense of hope. Right. And then and then that drives you deeper into depression and takes away your hope. Exactly. And you don't necessarily in that moment, you, you might just think I'm getting worse, right? This med might be working, but I I'm, I'm getting worse. Mm-hmm. And until you sit there and say, no, I'm taking a new medication. I need to remember that. Yeah. And I, and I need to get into a place where I can say that I can go and be transparent with your doctor and say, Hey, this does not feel right. That's exactly where I got to with uh, the drug you you both are potentially on, Joey. I, I don't know if you're taking it yet, but Abilify. I, the, I, I remembered I'm on this medication. And I have gone through other, other medications, and I know that I kind of have like this three-week rule. I'm going to look at where I'm at in three weeks. I feel god-awful right now. I'm not me, but I trust in the science. I trust in my doctor. And if I go three weeks later and, and there is, I am not who I am. I am. And, and other people see it as well. And you just feel terrible on it. You you got, you gotta, you gotta circle back immediately. Mm -hmm. Don't sit on it. Don't let your, don't let your doctor Say, you know, like, hey, they might have given you another refill of it already. So you don't have to go back and pay your copay and figure that out. No, you're just like, I'll just get this refilled. I'm supposed to take it. In my in my experience, I would say you got to step back and realize that you're taking a medication and don't embrace the medication because you think that somebody else has figured you out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to listen to yourself and, and you have to make a decision in that regard and you have to remember, Hey, I'm on this new drug. And I, I just think Shane, when you described that, you know, a couple episodes ago or whenever it was, I can't, I can't remember. Um, that would have been very valuable for me. Absolutely. Yeah. If I had that tool and that, in that, it, not necessarily a tool, but if I had if I had that mindset going into a new medication, okay, I am now starting a new medication. I need to monitor myself. Yeah, you're you're whoever gave you that medication should be walking you through that, shouldn't they? Well, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Is when any time in this podcast, and and I was just thinking this, we need to stop using the word doctor. We need to say psychiatrist because don't. Do not let your family doctor prescribe you mental health meds because they have no idea what they're doing, man. None of them. Like, that is not their specialty. They, you know, they know how to, I'm not knocking doctors, but like they know how to take a, you know, a little hammer and hit you in the knee and see if your reflexes are still working. They're not specialized in mental health. And I had a doctor, man, who took me on a ride for about a year of just rapid fire drugs, just like this drug isn't working. Okay, we'll do this one, get off that drug and start this one, you know, just like 
with no plan. It was like, you know, I'd be on a med for two weeks and I'd be like, this isn't helping. Stop that med cold turkey. Start another med the same day. Jeez, dude. Like this guy had no clue what he was doing. So please, when we say doctor, when I say doctor, I mean psychiatrist. I don't mean PCP or GP. I mean someone who specializes that's in a, that. That's, that's really good. Uh, I think listen, we need to hear it too. And this you is know, all like, advice if you are taking mental health medication or if you're starting. If you're not taking mental health medication, that, yeah. But if yeah. you start, circle back here. and This is great advice. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. And I agree with you, Shay. We, we need to consciously remember to say psychiatrist and not doctor. Right. You know, yeah. We, yeah. We, we put medicine in this big doctor science bubble. And, and sometimes it needs to be very specific. It needs to be very specific. And, and you have to, you know, you're not going to go to an oil change place and, you know, have them rebuild your transmission. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and you could call them both, you know, auto shops, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they're all engineers. They just specialize in different things. We're at we're at an hour and twenty minutes already. So how do you guys want this thing to land? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with a couple of people just waving some lighted wands, telling you to freaking come into the parking space. Yeah, I had no idea, dude. No idea. Yeah, you know, I don't have. I, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't really come into this episode with an expectation. I. I I came into this episode wanting to know. And like I said earlier in the broadcast or the recording, we can't get into it all. And so I think it's okay, you know, if we if we circle back to some of this stuff later. I mean, this is this has been a pretty heavy 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 episode. I mean, just being a part of it, hearing what you guys are going through and not necessarily completely understanding, but I'm telling you right now, guys, you guys are giving me more empathy than I've had in a long time. Like this process to me is, is bringing me into a place that I'm not necessarily comfortable with and I'm not gifted in it. And so you guys being vulnerable, being real, being able to communicate so clearly what you guys are going through. I like, I commend you guys. Like I am honored to be your friend I am inspired, even though the the subject matter is so tough and so dirty and in 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 a trench in a ditch. I, I'm just I, I'm it's, I'm inspired by your vulnerability. I'm I'm inspired that you guys are able to put to words what you guys are going through. And I know it's probably you know your words don't do it justice, but people hearing this and me hearing you guys talk about it, this is this. This matters. This is this is an impact. And regardless of where you guys are right now on the spectrum of depression or whatever, like you guys are making such a huge difference. Like I I in my life, in other people's lives, I've heard it. You guys have heard it. People are reaching out to you guys from areas that you didn't even know existed. Like they're coming out. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the backside of Facebook, like Shane's like, I hadn't been on Facebook in freaking years. Classmates from high school, middle school, who I haven't even talked 
to or thought about for yeah. 25 years. And what years are they saying, dude? What are they saying? They're saying they're relating, man, which is all I want. I just want people to be able to relate and not feel like they're they're going through this alone, you know? They are encouraged. And I and I want to leave this episode. We we can we can wrap it up here. But I want to leave this episode with the mindset of you guys. You guys are doing the hard work. You guys are, you might not think you're pushing through, but you're, but being on this podcast and speaking, you guys are pushing like I've never seen. Vulnerability is pushing, educating and encouraging people and giving people knowledge and tools that they can use. Being able to communicate to someone that can relate to somebody that's listening to this in the car, it matters. And you guys matter. And I want you guys to know that on the side of friendship with me, it hurts me so bad to see my buddies going through this. But you guys, although you're in it, you guys are are translating something so dark into a hope. You guys might not feel hope. What else are we going to do? What other (laughs) choice do we have? Yeah. This is my life. This is my, the way my brain works. I have to turn it into something good. Yep. Either that or lay in my bed all day. Well, in this example specifically, dude, you didn't have to sign up for this. Well, I, dude, don't pat. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. But don't pat my back too hard. Just just be honest with, you know what I mean? Don't be afraid to say that you're sad if you're sad. And if you're, if you're not sad, that's great. Yeah. But, and be a little bit nicer to someone who says they are sad and. Just sit there with them. You don't. You don't have to fix it. You could just sit with them. But just just to have guys like you that I can even talk to about this stuff and go to those places and and have it not turn into just an absolute spiral of negativity and sadness. You know, I mean, I think if if there is anything to take away from this, if there's any hope to take away from this, it's that we are aware of this and we are okay. We, we are. I, yeah, like I, I hate to use the word okay because it's like I am depressed, but I am okay. Yeah, like, I'm okay. It's I'm okay that I'm here. depressed. <laughs> yeah. It's okay that I'm depressed. Yeah, and I'm on meds and I don't think about this stuff all the time like I do if I'm not on meds, you know? So, yeah, I mean, rewind my life two years ago and I would say, no, it's not. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. I would not have said that. Probably even recent, pretty recently, but yeah, it is. I think it is okay. I'm at a, I'm getting to a place where it's like, why do we have to figure out how to fix this? I'm going to be on my deathbed trying to fix this. Yeah. How about I just accept it and live with it? Mm-hmm. I'm so burnt out of fixing myself. And we still have time. Like going back to what we said that it does seem totally hopeless. We've just accepted that we're going to live with this forever. You know, that's the turning point. That's yeah. when you're. That's when you're like, I can be. Ha- I can, even though, even if I'm living with as this. heavy as this is, now that I'm aware of it, I can. I I, I can still have moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I can still enjoy things. I can still Happy enjoy life. I enjoy life just because I'm depressed. Sometimes more times than not. Sometimes heavier than not does not mean that I'm I don't enjoy life mm-hmm. and that I don't enjoy people and that I don't enjoy experiences and whatever else it might be. That and might be a misconception for a lot of people. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking forward to things. Like I look forward to this. I I I look forward to recording with you guys. I look forward to, you know, we're going to I'm going to go over to your house for dinner in a few days. Matt. But like, I'm also thinking about how I hope that uh, you know, I don't die tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get better? Yes. Is it going anywhere? Absolutely not. It's not. People that are level are on the spectrum. You know, they have they have a a different day every day is just as like we do. Ours is just more extreme. Mm-hmm. And so I just hope that people listening, you know, can can really grab on to what was said today. And I want everybody listening to know that this is that this discussion is not over. Yeah, and also just know that if you're if you relate to any of this, if you're going through any of this stuff, I just want people to know that you're not the only one. And if you haven't talked about this stuff like we just did, if you don't have somebody that you can let it all out to like we just did, you need that. You you need to. Man, that's a great place to mention the Discord channel. Yeah, Discord for sure. Start, start. Here's a starting point. Let me give you a really easy starting point. Just start with someone that you know, no matter what you say, even if you freak them out, tomorrow, the next week, there's still going to be that person in your life that's not going anywhere. Yeah. So imagine that person. Yeah, like your brother. And yeah. if you don't have that person, pay somebody. <laughs> and just open up and just say, you know what? Do you ever feel like you're like messing everything up? Or whatever your thought, whatever your intrusive thought is, uh, whatever it might be. And just see where it goes. I mean, that's a starting point. It is, yeah. It may, it may not it may not blossom into the best conversation you've ever had, but because a lot of times you do, you open yourself up and you're vulnerable, and sometimes it's not. Nobody takes it, and that does feel, that hurts a little bit. But I would encourage you just to like, because the, the reality is, is probably the other person on the other side of that really, really wants to have that conversation too. Yeah, maybe. And, and if you don't have a person like that, or if you're not comfortable sharing some of the stuff with friends or family, get a therapist, have somebody. I think the, I think that the reason that we're able, the reason that we're able to talk about this stuff so openly is because we have thought about it. You know I mean? Before I, before I started to take mental health seriously and before I started seeing therapists and psychiatrists, this stuff was all still there, but I didn't have words for any of it. I didn't have any language to describe any of it. I didn't understand it. You know, it was just this dark part of me that, that I didn't understand, but just, just being, just that awareness, just being able to put it to words, how you feel that that's like the starting point. Like that's from there. That's when you can equip yourself with tools and knowledge to be able to work through this. Because like you said, it's not going anywhere, but it's definitely not going anywhere if you don't address it. It, it needs to be addressed yeah. and it needs to be addressed with yeah. someone else so that, so that you can bounce some of the stuff off of somebody else. And if you guys are listening and you're terrified of the thought of therapy, this, it, this is not going to take the place of therapy. This podcast is not going to take the place of therapy. We're not educated in that. Our discord is not going to take the place of therapy. But I really hope that people listen and people see that we, we are offering at least some form of communication in this. And I, and I, really, I really want to promote the Discord because if, if you have questions about 
what other people are going through. Not necessarily how you can move out of this or the things that you need to process. But if you guys need a friend, that is possible. DM me. I love to talk about this stuff. I love it. Go on Discord and drop into my DMs. I don't know what I'm asking for there, but I, 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 I think I want that. <laughs> one of my favorite thing, one of one of my favorite things of one of our rules in the Discord is uh, no nudity. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got kicked out. Yeah, Joey got banned for that. <laughs> yeah, Joey, come in there wearing nothing but a t-shirt. <laughs> T-shirt and socks. Oh. <laughs> Guys, thank, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Joey. Being vulnerable, being transparent, being here, being present. Today was a lot. I'm excited about next week's episode uh, with my wife coming in and, and sharing uh, a lot of stuff that, you know, through through my journey, through her journey, how we deal with my mental health condition I think it's going to be a really great episode, but I want to again say that this discussion is not over. We will see you guys in the next episode.